welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode, where we talk all about news, comics, and media related to the Transformers. On this episode, we're joined by special guest comic book artist and colorist Thomas Deere as we dig into his work on the Transformers comics. We've also got a roundup of all the Rise of the Beast movie news from South by Southwest last weekend. Today is Friday, March 17th, 2023, and this is episode 329 of Transmissions Alt Mode. Welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode, the podcast that wanted to be everything, everywhere, all at once, but can barely handle being something, somewhere, sometime first. I'm your host, Charles, a.k.a. Big C, and I'm joined by the excellent Transmissions team. Super cool comic book colorist, Thomas Deere. Hey, guys. And Daryl, the Cybertronian Beast. Hi. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I shaved for you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk Transformers. I'm sorry, I forgot my I forgot my entire job here. <laughs> That's the only reason you're on the show, Daryl. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, we're back again, and we are joined by a very special guest, uh, Thomas Deere. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, we really appreciate you appreciate you uh, hanging out with us. And we're gonna well, we've already had the toy show, so the toy show was on Wednesday. Uh, everyone saw that; it was really cool. And that, now we're doing we're going deep into Thomas's background, and we're doing a deep dive uh, for alt mode. You know. We're still waiting on Transformers comics. Transformers comics has still not come back. So in the meantime, we uh, we gotta we gotta fill the time with some content. And we thought, what better way than to, to talk to an actual Transformers comics artist? So yeah, uh, we're we're in a limbo right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're we're eagerly awaiting any announcement that, that will come up. Not the fun limbo. <laughs> no, bad limbo. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, we start off the show by thanking our Donatrons, those lovely people who support us on Patreon and PayPal. Thank you all so much for continuing to help us out and support the show. We really appreciate it. If you are not a Donatron and would like to support the show, just go to transmissionspodcast.com slash support, and that's where you can sign up. Uh, of course, uh, you get lots of perks. We got extra content, bonus content, bonus shows, all that good stuff. And uh, this week we are welcoming a brand new Donatron, James. So, James, thank you for joining up. We really appreciate it. And we hope you enjoy all that extra content that we've got ready for you. Speaking of which, uh, we've got Daryl's bonus show, We Like Big Bots. And uh, that's we've got 10 episodes of that show already on our Patreon page for all of our Donatron. So if you uh, are a Donatron and you will have access to that immediately and you can watch all those episodes, which all with all the big bots that Daryl and Dr. Pants go through and, uh, you know, they show their love for those giant, those giant robots. And I checked in with Dr. Pants uh, this week and it's still looking like it might be a little while. So just uh, go back and rewatch those uh, those ten again <laughs> and again. <laughs> it's uh, maybe a bit. So yeah, but uh, they are. We are uh, you know going to make some more when uh, when Doctor Pants is ready to go. And uh, you know, just think that we're taking this time to acquire more big bots. So yeah. All right. Uh, but you all, we've also got bonus content for our Transformers Live Play RPG podcast, Empire of Rust. Uh, this is done by our awesome producer and editor, Mike. Uh, every other week, we do uh, the bonus shows that give you access to uh, the, er- their, the episode early. So you get a little bit earlier and unedited with lots of extra content. Uh, this week, we already had episode 97, and uh, that was... Assume the party escort submission position. So that was up on the, that was the regular free uh, main episode that was up on our free feed transmissions, slash rust. 
And next Monday, as you, after you hear this, you can listen to episode 98, the bonus version of episode 98. That will be available on our Patreon page uh, for all our Donatrons to so listen to it early. And uh, if you don't, if you're not a Donatron, just got to wait another week for episode 98 to come up in the free feed. So uh, membership has its privileges. All right. With that out of the way, let's get into a deep dive with Mr. Thomas Deere. <laughs> okay, uh, Tom, thanks for coming on. Uh, it's uh, great to have you. Uh, so, I mean, since we haven't had a chance to talk to you before, but we've, we've run into you several times at conventions, at TF Cons in the past. It's always great to, to talk to you. We've, uh, we've bought some of your art. Right. Uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about like, how you got into uh, the comics industry and, and becoming an artist in general. Sure. It's, um, it's a bit of a long story. <laughs> I hope we have the time. We got time. We got time. <laughs> um, so I'll say first that I always wanted to be a comic book artist. Uh, when I went to college, I went to illustration and design um, at, a, at a college in Montreal. Um, when I graduated, I was working in a curriculum office uh, designing school materials, posters and books and stuff like that. Um, but I was sending portfolios to different companies, and uh, I'd say that I, I had a very uh, little luck in getting my foot in the door anywhere. And then uh, somewhere around 2003, uh, Dreamwave was, uh, had acquired the license for Transformers, and it seemed uh, like they were doing a pretty good job. I really uh, wanted to be a part of that. Uh, I actually ran into Pat Lee in Toronto. Um, I did, it had to be around 2003, and we had the opportunity to, to chat a little bit. Um, but in 2004, Dreamwave had an art contest to design uh, an alternate version of Megatron. Uh, so I, I submitted uh, uh, two designs. Uh, and <laughs> here's a little side story is... Um, I drew a picture, I scanned it in the computer, I colored it, and my computer died. Uh, so oh, wow. I, had a heck of a, I had a heck of a time uh, trying to get that computer fixed so I could get the image off the computer and send it in. And I got it in just under the nose. <clears throat> and uh, probably about two months later, I was told that I got second place in the contest. And uh, so I was pretty happy about that uh and i got a call from dreamwave and they wanted to make arrangements of how i was either going to have my prizes mailed to me or if i wanted to come and pick them up so i said uh because toronto's in uh fair driving distance from montreal uh i said well would i be able to drive there pick up my my prizes but if um if it was possible, could I show my, my portfolio? And they told me, they said, actually, we're going to ask you the same thing. If you were going to come in, we'd like to see your portfolio. They said that what they were really looking for was comic book colorists at the time. Uh, and uh, if, I, if I would be willing to do an assignment over the weekend, they would, they would, consider, they would consider me. So I, I'll say at the time, I kind of taught myself how to color comics. I was really not fast, and I was really nervous about how I was going to pull this off in a weekend. They gave me a piece of patently art to, to color. <clears throat> it took me probably every hour of the weekend to, to do. Uh, I had arranged with my wife to do the driving to Toronto because I was going to be up that whole weekend. Uh, I pulled it off. I uh, made my appointment. I met with Pat Lee. We went through my portfolio, we went through uh, the assignment that they gave me, and they pretty much said that if I was interested in being a colorist, uh, they would pair me with somebody at Dreamwave to uh, kind of like teach me, to be to mentor me. And they had, they had paired me with, uh, uh, I don't know if anybody remembers the Dreamwave days, but there was, there was a man named uh, Rob Ruffle that was oh, yeah. there. 
Yeah, yeah. Rob, Rob was uh, reviewing some of my work, and um, and it was going all right. And uh, after a, a couple of assignments, I noticed that they weren't really contacting me or responding to my emails. I got a little bit uh, uh, nervous about that, and uh, then I ran into Pat Lee at a Toronto show called Fan Expo. And I told him, you know, uh, the editor, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, was, isn't answering me. Uh, it, nobody's reviewing my assignments. Is there something wrong? Is there something going on? They said, well, we're just really busy. Turns out that the editor had left, and that's why uh, he wasn't contacting me. And uh, he says, you know what? Come in Monday morning. Let me see personally where you're at. So I drove back to Toronto, um, met with Pat Lee. He looked at my work and he said, you know, instead of coloring, how would you like to be working on sequentials? I said, I, I couldn't say no to, to the uh, opportunity that was there, but I knew that I really stunk as a sequential artist and in doing interiors. I knew that, that uh, I just... <laughs> don't have it in me to, to uh, do that kind of storytelling. Uh, but I, I I was game to give it a shot. And if Pat Lee thought that uh, I'd be able to handle it, then maybe I could. So he <laughs> sat me down in the boardroom at Dreamwave and he told me uh, how to draw for Dreamwave. So he gave me pretty much instructions on how to draw like him. And how <laughs> hands are drawn, how the faces are drawn, and so on. Um, I wasn't complaining. I was r- just thrilled to be there and having the opportunity. So he ended up giving me a script and told me, um, when you finish five pages, send them in, and I'll review them. I worked out for the first five pages. And, um, and then the, the next batch of pages he assigned to me, I didn't hear back again. I got a feeling that something was going on, but I wasn't too sure. And uh, in like December of 2004 or 2005, I can't really remember now, uh, I saw the news that uh, Dreamwave had gone bankrupt. And I did write to Pat Lee asking uh, what had happened. And surprisingly, he wrote back to me because I hear that he didn't really talk to anybody else. And all he told me was he really apologizes. Um, uh, you know, it's a bad position that he was in. He had to make a, a serious decision. And he just apologized. And that was the last time I had ever talked to him. But it, it crushed me because I thought, well, that was my shot. I don't think I would have another opportunity like that. It was convenient that it was a Canadian publisher. Um, it was it seemed to me that it would be easier to get my foot in the door in a, in a Canadian publisher than it would be like, let's say Marvel or DC. Uh, so I was pretty crushed. Not too long after I did hear the news that IDW got the license. I sent in uh, portfolios, never got any answer back. Um, so not too long after, well, I'll say that while I was doing some work for Dreamwave and being involved in, the Transformers fan community a bit at the time. I did make friends like uh, Josh Burcham and Josh Perez and some other guys. And um, sometime in 2005 or 2006, uh, Josh Burcham emailed me and, and asked me if I was aware that the, the television show I Love Toys, which was on VH1 or MTV, I can't remember, um, had one of my illustrations in like behind the talking heads and uh, and I was not aware and I don't know where they got that image. It was um, a drawing of Soundwave uh, that I that I did. I would not want to share it because I'm really embarrassed by that drawing now looking back. Uh, but, <laughs> but they used it. They thought it was good enough to use. Um, so I didn't know where they got it or, you know, they never had permission to use it. Um, the only place that I knew I used that illustration as part of a, a submission 
was Fun Publications. <clears throat> so I reached out to Fun Publications and I asked them, um, I sent I sent you guys a portfolio. Uh, I noticed that VH1 used one of the images. Uh, did you guys let them use it? Like what happened there? And then um, Pete Sinclair from Fun, Fun Pub got back to me and said, it's funny that you say that. We noticed that that, that image was used. And uh, we said, hey, isn't that a, somebody's drawing that they, they sent in their portfolio? And uh, so that's how I kind of met the guys at, at Fun Pub. And uh, I said, well, while I have you here, um, do you need any work? <laughs> and they <laughs> they uh, said, well, not right now, but we'll keep you in mind. So a few months later, my wife and I were planning to go to San Diego Comic-Con as kind of like a little vacation. And uh, just before we were leaving on the trip, um, I got an email from, from Fun Pub uh, saying we have a coloring assignment. The person we had hired backed out on us, and we, we need to know right now if you could do it. And, well... I couldn't say no to an opportunity like that. So I packed my laptop. It was a coloring gig. Um, and the, the artist was a guy named Jake Eisenberg. I don't know if you, you guys know Jake. Um, he did so. a lot of work. He did a lot of work for uh, Fun Pub in the, in the early days. And so uh, we went to San Diego Comic-Con. I actually met. Josh Bircham in person the first time at that show. That was in 2006. And I spent a good part of my time in my hotel room trying to get these pages done. And uh, I guess they liked it. And I started getting more work. And uh, a couple of months later, I was off to Geneva, Switzerland. For uh, If anybody knows me personally, I'm, I'm involved in in some politics for the advancement of indigenous rights so i was sent by my community to the united nations in in geneva switzerland for a conference and uh it all just so happened that i had another assignment so it, it, it must have been a funny scene that i had my laptop amongst all these diplomats that were at this conference <laughs> and i was coloring transformer comic books <laughs> so um, so I ended up starting work for Fun Pub uh, in 2006, and for the next few years, I was doing constant, consistent work for them on Transformers and GI Joe. Of course, my goal was to get my foot in the door at IDW. Uh, so while I was working at Fun Pub, uh, I did get to meet a lot of guys that were. Uh, uh, at IDW, and for one assignment, I was paired with uh, Guido Gidi, and Guido uh, uh, offered to talk to his editor, uh, who was Denton Tipton at mm -hmm. the time, mm -hmm. and uh, so he mentioned me to, to Denton. Denton took a look at my work, and he said that he would keep me in mind. Uh, I think they changed editorial not too long after that to... I can't remember that guy's name. He never answered me, though. Um, and Is then Andy Schmidt? Yes. Yeah, he never answered me. Andy never answered me. So um, after Andy, I guess that's when John Barber took over. And John and Carlos Guzman um, contacted me. This has to be maybe 2010. Yeah, 2010. And they said same thing that FunPub told me. We're in bind. The guy that was working on, on this particular comic backed out on us. We need to know right now if you're in and coloring an issue of uh, G.I. Joe, a uh, real American hero. Now, going back to like when I was seven years old, I remember my mother taking me to like the local store and... Uh, I had heard people talking about G.I. Joe and I saw this, uh, Marvel used to make these like oversized comics and they, they made this oversized G.I. Joe issue one. And I 
begged my mother. I said, can I get that? Can I get that? She bought it for me. And I fell in love with G.I. Joe. Uh, before I fell in love with Transformers, I fell in love with, with G.I. Joe. And, and now, so many years later, in, in 2010, I had an opportunity to work on that same exact series with Larry Hammer. Uh, oh, so wow. it was uh, uh, issue 163, I think. So, um, so I, I worked on that issue uh, night and day. Uh, I wanted to make a good impression. And uh, so that's how I got my foot in the door at, at, at IDW. And uh, it's like I became the official fill-in. So when Josh couldn't, uh, Josh Burcham couldn't pull off a deadline or Josh Perez or anybody else that was doing colors at the time, they, they would bring me in. So I was like the official fill-in uh, uh, for the next few years. So from 2010 and up until this past, this past summer, I've been working for IDW. Um, and I'd say for Fun Pub right until the end, what was that, 2014, 2015? So I was doing work yes. for them up, up until then as well. Um, I had the opportunity through IDW to work on other uh, franchises that I love. Uh, I got to work on some Godzilla. I got to work on Star Trek, uh, Star Wars. Uh, I got to work on uh, Mask uh, and a lot of other little Hasbro uh, titles. So um, IDW was the vehicle for me to do what I love and have a dream come true. It's amazing. Very cool. Do you back to the, uh, the right near the start, you mentioned you came in second place on the, in the, the dream wave contest. Do you know who came in first? He had a, um, a handle. It wasn't a, a, a real name. And I can't remember. I don't really remember, uh, running into that guy, uh, later on in, in, in the fandom, but I, I remember him. I remember him being a part of the fan community around that period, but okay. uh, not much longer after. But they I, never I, actually continued on into into art. No, no. And there was a there was another guy. Uh, the third place winner was a person named Apollo, and um, him too. I don't. It's like he disappeared. Uh, right. I, after yeah okay no that's very cool yeah but of course there's not much money in comics so uh, i had to keep my day job and uh so a lot of a lot of uh long nights and i think about that decade uh i had two small children and I'd, i have no idea how i was able to pull off those deadlines with such a little sleep and it was, uh, it was pretty hard. <laughs> so when IDW lost the license for transformers, there was a little bit of relief for me because, uh, I don't know at my age, uh, <laughs> if I could even do that anymore. So, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's still awesome that you got to, you got to, you know, fulfill a dream from your childhood. So that's really cool. Yeah. What did that, so, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying I'm, I'm really uh, grateful. I'm really thankful for the way everything turned out. Yeah, not a, a lot of uh, a lot of thanks probably goes to your partner as well, right? Like a lot of support, sure. and you know, they know that you're you're you know working away in your you know your studio, and then mm-hmm. just you're trying to do stuff so shit needs to get done. So they just, they pick it, pick up the slack when needed. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Supportive partners do know to do that. I think about that first IDW gig I did on GI Joe. And, uh, I remember telling my wife, you know, this is really important. Uh, I really got to make a good impression. I have to make my deadline. Uh, I'm going to have to ask if you could, pretty much do everything for the next two weeks and uh she 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 did and i i guess i wouldn't have been able to pull it off without her you know yeah very cool oh 
could you give us a little bit of information about your uh, your day job? You, you mentioned the like going to Geneva and participating it like with the like uh, as a an ambassador. So what what kinds of things do you like? What is what is your your day job entail? So I work for an organization called the Kanyakahaga Ungawanarauti Jokwa Language and Cultural Center. Um, it's in my community. My community is called Kahnawake. It's a, it's a Mohawk territory that's uh, just on the south shore of Montreal. Um, and the Language and Cultural Center, we, we have the mandate in the community to be sort of like a, a headquarters uh, for our community to come and uh, uh, learn about who they are, really. So we do have a school as part of our organization where we teach the Mohawk language. And uh, I probably contribute. Uh, I have, I wear a couple of hats at that job. I'm the resident graphic artist. So I, I work in, in curriculum developing Mohawk language materials and even right down to drawing out legends that, that we have in our, in our community. Um, but I'm also the librarian like Optimus Prime. <laughs> and uh, and um, and I work as the cultural liaison. So uh, if there's any people that ever come to our center or call us or email us, um, and they're looking for some kind of information, specifically historical, cultural, um, I'll share with them what I what I know and what I don't know. I point them in the right direction. Uh, so that that's my day job, but I also volunteer for our traditional council in our community. Um, so that's more political. And sometimes they'll send me to different places to represent the nation. Uh, so like, for example, the United Nations, I've been there a bunch of times. And uh, I've been involved with uh, with the, doing work for the nation for uh pretty much 30 years I've been volunteering with the nation. Wow. That's, that's awesome. So, uh, so you could see uh, how hard the juggling would have been at the yeah. time when I was doing comics. So uh, that was like a lot of my evenings was, you know, no sleep, no sleep mm-hmm. that, that decade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'll, I'll say, you know, one of the, uh, things I've noticed, especially in the past maybe six years, eight years of, of being in the industry is, is after a while, I it wasn't so much creating content on Transformers. It was the friendships that I made uh, in the fandom, in the industry. And, you know, I, it really sucks that I, I have to sit out at TFCon uh, this weekend. Uh, I you know, I love seeing everybody at these shows and having the opportunity to hang out with everybody. But I'll say that that's one of the biggest benefits of getting involved with this fandom, this industry is just meeting all these great people. That's why you're here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> We're having our own little TF con here. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely I, I second that, uh, Tom. I mean, just meet it. We've met you in person several times at different TF cons, and and getting to talk to you and and all the other artists at IDW has been that's been a real treat for doing this podcast. I mean, this that's something that personally, as a fan who just kind of you know never never really contributed, but read the comics and and watched all the shows and everything, when getting the chance to to talk to people on this show and and get to dig into all the things they've done has been a treat for me and, and for us here. So thanks again for coming on. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Bef- I want to, I want to kind of uh, merge one of my passions and, and something we've talked about, you know, at a, I think it was Chicago last year um, because uh, you designed a Jersey for the Montreal Canadians. And that's, uh, you know, that is very cool. And, and if you could, talk about that experience and and you know i watched the uh the 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 game they use it in the warm-up so that's a very cool thing and that you know you described it you know to me and you know i know that you said you weren't a big hockey fan but i'm still in awe that you got to do it so 
tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, I, I loved hockey when I was a kid, right? And uh, whatever happened, I uh, I chose boxing over over uh, over hockey. Hey, that's still um, that's still hockey. Just no skate. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll tell you, I could still recite every player on the Montreal Canadiens, like in the 1982 season. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, last year, right around this time, um, I was contacted by uh, 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 a person that works for at our town's administrative office. And he told me that they're looking for somebody to design um, uh, a jersey for their Indigenous celebration night. And uh, so when they contacted the administration office, the first person he told me was that they thought of, of, of me. So um, they wanted to know if I was interested in doing it. And I was reluctant at first because I was planning uh, a trip. Uh, my first post-pandemic vacation with my family to Florida and, you know, so we were saving up that whole time and now we were finally going to be able to go on this, tr- this trip. So um, I think that they had contacted me on Thursday, Thursday, and um, I told them I don't think I'd be able to pull it off. I'm leaving Monday morning and it's Thursday and I don't know how I'm going to be able to pull off a, a jersey design uh, by, the, by Monday. So, um, and I think they were planning to give me a week, but I was going to be away. So that's why uh, it was going to be such a short deadline. Um, so I, I actually told them at first, I, I'm sorry, I won't be able to do it. There's a couple of other artists that I could recommend uh, in the community that, that uh, could make something hopefully quick. And uh, they told me that they, they really wanted me and and that I should consider it. So I got off the phone and I talked to my wife about it. I talked to some people at work and, and they were saying, well, why not just tell them that uh, you have a, a few days and if they don't like what you're, what you're uh, suggesting, then they could look at these other artists. So I ended up calling them back and I said, if you're willing to give me a shot, um, I could... I could work my butt off for until Monday morning. And if you don't like what I produce, then you could look at these, these other artists. And they said, sure. So, uh, Friday is when I started and I'll say from Friday to Monday morning, uh, I worked day and night and I probably came up with, uh, almost two dozen different, uh, designs. And until we refined something that the Canadians liked, so um, a lot of a lot of the design work that I had to do, I had to explain what the the symbolism behind uh, a lot of the images that I chose to incorporate into into the, the design. And uh, I think when they were able to have that explanation go along with the design, um, they they just loved the concept and they went with it. So uh, Monday morning came. They said, all right, we're, we're more than satisfied and have a good trip. And when you get back, we'll talk about the next steps in um, having these jerseys produced and the actual Indigenous celebration night. So I get back um, from our vacation. And I think two weeks later, uh, they gave me tickets to the, to, to the game, the uh, Indigenous celebration night. I had great seats, by the way, and they superimposed my design onto the ice and everywhere. My, uh, the logo that I designed, the images that I designed, it was just everywhere. It was fantastic. Uh, I had a, a good buddy of mine who's a Canadians fan, and uh, I invited to come, come to the game with me, and he was really into it and had a great time. It was uh, turned out to be a really great experience and I'm glad I did it because I came really close to saying no. <laughs> yeah. It was a very cool experience and yeah, yeah you, it's, it, I'm, I'm very happy for you. You got to do that. Yeah. Thanks. 
And, uh, you know, I was a Canadians fan as a kid, so uh, I like to think in terms of making that six-year-old kid happy. And the same <laughs> thing with Transformers and G.I. Joe, it's making that kid happy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we could, we could go back. You mentioned your um, yeah, how you, you were you fell in love with G.I. Joe. So can you tell us a little bit about how, uh, how you got into Transformers as a, as a kid? I, I, I think we, you, we talked before the show, we're about the same age. So, you know, eight yeah. years old in 1984 when Transformers hit the scene. So, yeah. So, uh, how did you get well, into it? Well, uh, my first love was Star Wars. Um, so, you know, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, uh, I was all in, but after Return of the Jedi, it was like there was no more. Like even with my toys, <laughs> I had no more story. That's the the movies were over. The story was over. What could I do? And it was right around that time that kids in my neighborhood started talking about GI Joe. And um, this was before the cartoon, by the way. This is uh, around the time I guess the comic came out first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and probably some of the toys. And uh, so, um, like I said, uh, my mother and and I went into a store and came across the first issue of G.I. Joe. And I probably collected collected it monthly at least for 25 issues. So the first 25 issues, I probably collected it each month. So I was all in. Got my G.I. Joe's that Christmas. And uh, when the cartoon started, the first... uh, five episode miniseries like I was all in all in and and then I started hearing about something called Transformers uh, a year or two later and same kind of the same story this time I was with my dad and we went into some magazine store and there was uh, issue one of Transformers and uh, I gave it a shot and uh, I think I think the, the cartoon probably came out maybe when the second or third issue came out, because you could see the design of the, the comic started turning more and more into yeah. the, what looked in the cartoon. Uh, but I could still remember that fall when uh, the first three episodes of More Than Meets the Eye uh, came on. And yeah, I was, I was all in. <laughs> <laughs> and I was there in, in 1986 when the movie came out. Uh, Sorry, my cat is uh, requesting. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. The but cat's yeah, been was... behind you the whole time. It's just yeah. peeking up over your shoulder, <laughs> making cameo appearances. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was there in 1986 uh, for the movie, and uh, I was there when Optimus Prime died. At, yeah, First time. So, the first time, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, even back then, uh, I had my sketchbook and trying to replicate the scenes, and uh, I have some some super early artwork from eighty four, eighty five of Cybertron, and trying to map out where everything is on Cybertron. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, oh, that's awesome! All in. <laughs> So, uh, did you did you stick with Transformers through the '90s? Like, did you did you stick around for Beast Wars and that stuff, or did was it when Dreamwave came back that you kind of got reignited or re re interested in the in the fandom? Pr- pretty much uh, when uh, you know I was fourteen in nineteen ninety, and I just had no interest mm-hmm. uh, in Beast Wars. I had, yeah. Uh, same thing with uh, what was it, GI Joe Extreme or Sergeant Savage or whatever it was. Yeah, I just really lost interest in pretty much the the entire decade of the '90s, and just was a regular teenager, sullen, <laughs> miserable. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, and then I remember when Armada had come out and Energon. I remember that kind of stoking some interest again. I remember buying some of the toys, not being terribly impressed with the with uh, the cartoon, but uh, I remember enjoying the the Dreamwave Armada comics, the Energon mm-hmm. comics. I did enjoy those, but um, 
but when those when those series came out, I, it kind of stoked my my interest again. But yeah, I'd say uh, in the nineties, uh, it was like a, a lost a lost decade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's uh, you know teenagers have other priorities. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I liked it, some of the other Hasbro uh, franchises. Like I was a big Inhumanoids fan, uh, so I had all the, I had a bunch of the Inhumanoids toys. Um, I had the the comics that was uh, being done by Marvel. They had like a smaller subsidiary called uh, Star Comics, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I loved Inhumanoids. Cool. Are, is, are you still uh, buying any toys today? Like, do you still have a like a collection that you that you pick up, or are you staying away from that? <laughs> in in the past few years, I'd say that I kind of uh, stopped collecting. I just you know I started running out of space. And but uh, if it's any of my favorite characters, I'll probably pick them up. So like, I love Galvatron. That's probably one of my favorite characters. Anything Shockwave. Anything Cyclonus, I'll I'll pick up. Uh, Purple, also, your favorite color? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but but I'll say the only thing I'm really collecting regularly right now is the Super Seven toys. So oh, okay. uh, the action figures. So mm-hmm. GI Joe, I'm I've been picking up all the GI Joes, uh, and I have I on eBay I picked up uh, one of the old GI Joe headquarters and. I've been populating it with all these Super 7 uh, figures. Same thing with uh, Transformers. I've been picking up those Super 7 figures. And uh, I think right now those are the most that interest me. I think the the reason why they're so interesting is because that's the toy I wanted in the 80s. Because they looked like the cartoon. And Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So Super 7 is all I'm collecting these days. Cool. Very cool. All right. Well, I think uh, we've uh, we've gotten a lot of information about you, but I think we we got to go a we little bit deeper. More. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're, so we're and uh, you, you mentioned you you've you've I guess you've seen previous transmissions interviews where we do the rapid fire questions at the end of the interview. So uh, it's your turn now. So we're going to take you through it. I'll try to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, starting off with an easy question. Autobot or Decepticon? Autobot. And who's your favorite Autobot? Optimus Prime. I'm sorry it's Kuiki, <laughs> but he's, uh, he's, the perfect, he's the perfect archetype. <laughs> now, there, there's a reason they keep making his toy, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Transformers live action movie. One, two, three, four, five, or Bumblebee? I'm, you know, I'm partial to Dark of the Moon. Um, I'll I'll go with Dark of the Moon, even though I'd say that Bumblebee is a stronger film. Okay, but, but uh, Dark of the Moon is almost like watching the Ultimate Doom uh, in the cartoon series. So mm-hmm. was, yeah, uh, I enjoyed it when it came out. Cool. Okay, uh, comics, More Than Meets the Eye slash Lost Light, or Robots in Disguise slash Optimus Prime, Till All Are One, or the Transformers 2019 series? More Than Meets the Eye, Lost Light. Yeah. Just a lot. <laughs> yep. Third-party toys, yes or no? Yes. How Cats else? or dog? What's that? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, uh, how else am I going to get my Cy- Cybertronian modes uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know Hasbro has been uh, making them making some characters these days, but uh, uh, those are the the figures I dreamed of as a kid. And third party was are the guys that make them. So yeah, I'm a third yep. party guy. Cool. Daryl appreciates that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cats or dogs? Cats. <laughs> we 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 have a dog who's uh, actually sniffing at my door right now. Uh, it was uh, 
you know, it was just to appease my kids who wanted a dog, but I'm not a dog person. I'm a cat person. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Coffee. Chicken but, or steak? But, I, but I'll qualify that by saying I only started drinking coffee when I started working on comics because I needed to <laughs> stay up. And before that, before that, before um, my twenties or uh, before my thirties, I should say, uh, I was a tea guy, and then I discovered coffee, and yeah, I, I have my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken or steak? Steak. Pepsi or Coke? Coke. No hesitation. <laughs> no hesitation. No. Burger King or McDonald's? Burger King. Uh, history or science? History. I love a good story. <laughs> cool. Xbox, PlayStation, or Nintendo Switch? Xbox. Uh, PC or Mac? PC. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Sorry. <laughs> it, cho- Is there it, cho- a- it chose me. I didn't choose it. <laughs> Is there a phone app you can't live without? If iTunes counts, yeah, I probably can't live without iTunes. <laughs> Just music in general. Got to have, got to have music, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marvel or DC? That's a tough one. I'll go with Marvel. And who's but your favorite Marvel? Marvel? But I've been known to shift back and forth. <laughs> okay. But, uh, go with Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> well, who's your favorite Marvel character? Punisher. Ah, okay. I, I I I discovered Punisher in the late '80s, and yeah, he's been my favorite Marvel character since then. Cool, he's coming back to the MCU. I saw that the they're bringing him back. In Daredevil, he's coming back. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stallone or Schwarzenegger? Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> so gotta be Stallone then for, for those for those not watching the video <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm a I'm a Stallone fan I, I'm a fan of both but I'll, I'll go with Stallone because I'm like the biggest Rocky fan yeah <laughs> oh the boxing right right the boxing <laughs> did that transfer over to the Creed movies are you watching the Creed movies too yeah I I, I love I love the Creed movies. I'll say that Creed three is probably the weakest of the trilogy. Um, okay. But I, I didn't not enjoy it. I enjoyed the movie. It's just mm-hmm. I thought it was the weakest of the three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pixar or DreamWorks? Pixar. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. Is DreamWorks still around these days? Is DreamWorks doing anything anymore? Oh, I think so. I think they're still okay. kicking. I'm not okay. sure. Do you have a guilty pleasure movie that you'll always watch whenever it's on? I, I mean, I get—I don't know if people still watch cable and, and just flip through channels anymore. But uh. I know I have a, probably a few, but the first that comes to mind is The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, okay, that's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, if it, if it comes on, I got—I got to watch it. <laughs> Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, you can't do this to me. <laughs> I forfeit that question. I love I love them equally for different reasons. Okay, <laughs> they're your children. <laughs> Simpsons, Family Guy, or Rick and Morty? Oh, Simpsons, easily. Yeah, you're old school like us. <laughs> yeah, you remember the good old. Stories. Old, <laughs> old Simpsons, yeah, ninety Simpsons. <laughs> Walking Dead or Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones. I, I'll, uh, I, I think I was interested the first like three seasons of Walking Dead, and then I, was, mm. I lost interest. Lost interest. Yeah. 
sports, uh, NFL, MLB, NHL, UFC, NBA, or Premier League? Might have to throw boxing in there too. <laughs> if, what's boxing, the, what's... if boxing was in there, it'd be boxing, but uh, I'd say that UFC is probably the, the runner up. Uh, although I, I like football, I just don't really have an opportunity to watch it that much like I used to. But uh, I'll go with UFC, prefer, preferably boxing. <laughs> For someone as busy as you, sitting down to spend hours just watching the television seems like a waste of time. <laughs> I don't really. Yeah. I, I watch a little bit of TV uh, at the end of the day, but yeah. These yep. days, I, I get up at 4.30 in the morning and uh, I, I'm in bed by 10 o'clock, so I don't really have much time to watch TV. <laughs> well we we appreciate you taking your time out to, to do this to do the show with us sorry for keeping keeping you up past your bedtime <laughs> no i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying it <laughs> all right two more questions uh porsche ferrari lamborghini or volkswagen beetle lamborghini just because i love the 80s i love side wipe and uh, yeah, Lamborghini. All right. And last question, blonde, brunette, or redhead? Uh, brunette. <laughs> if, in case my wife is listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you did it. We made yeah. it to the end. <laughs> that was All fun. right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, thanks again for uh, for it, sitting down with us uh, and for, you know, just coming on with us for the whole week on transmissions. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks um, for asking. Yeah. And the show's not done yet. We've got a little bit of Transformers media news to talk about, and then we'll we'll kick off the show. So I'm going to throw it over to Daryl. All right. And we are going to start off media news by talking about Transformers Earthspark. And it has a DVD Amazon listing. Uh, so if you're looking to buy the first 10 episodes of Season 1 on uh, DVD, uh, you can do so. There is a, a link in the uh, the in the story here. If you want to look, check out the show notes, you can do that and uh, pre-order it. So... Uh, there's no uh, date yet for this, but uh, but you should be able to pick it up. And next up, we've got uh, a Transformers Rise of the Beast theater standee. So this is uh, something you should start seeing at your uh, local movie theaters if uh, you go to them in person. You don't uh, you don't just stream all the movies. They're trying to get everyone back into the theaters. So the marketing uh, chain is uh, is starting to uh, to go into full swing here and this is the what the standee is looking like it's a it's pretty epic you know there's a lot of of uh characters on this thing so you know it's uh, it's pretty cool to see you got uh cheetor rhinox air razor primal prime bumblebee uh mirage and rc all featured uh on this standee and uh yeah so it uh it's uh, it's very cool, very colorful, which is something that has not been able to be said uh, of the previous uh, live action movies. So that'll be cool, and uh, it's uh, remind everyone it's in theaters uh, June 9th. So there it is, right there on the standee. Not a human in sight. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, next up, we have a, uh, a, a official Transformers: Rise of the Beast poster and turnaround videos. Uh, this is a video on YouTube, and uh, essentially it's just uh, showing something. I don't know. Is I've seen <laughs> this reminds me of the old uh, the end of the X Men cartoon where they just uh, they you know you remember the '90s X Men cartoon where all the characters mm -hmm. kind of got featured and then they just did like their turnarounds. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a real short video, but uh, it just kind of turns around and shows Primal and Optimus. Um, but yeah, it, whatever. It's uh, it's something that uh, they're doing and. Uh, what was this featured on? I don't, is it, yeah, I don't know where this was, you know, where we're seeing this, but. Paramount Rise of the Beasts app. Oh. Okay. Oh, that's the posters. Um, oh, yeah, they're also, they're also f from the app here. Okay. Well, the two posters that are featured show Jazz 
not jazz. Oh my god, this is gonna happen all the time. <laughs> Mirage, Mirage, and Optimus Prime, and then the turnarounds are, uh, are are what we just saw there on the on the screen. So if you're not watching the video, there's a link in the show notes. Next up, and this thing has been, um, this thing has been all over social media. So if uh, if you are um, in one of the following cities, you will be able to see uh, life-size to scale versions of Rise of the Beast, Optimus Prime, and Optimus Primal statues. Uh, these were on uh, display at uh, South by Southwest uh, this past weekend, and uh, they are uh, going to do a worldwide tour. So th- these things are massive. There were pictures like I said, all over Twitter and all sorts of social media showing these things. They're massive. So in the U.S., it's going to be in Austin, Texas from March 17th or 10th to 17th. So that's where it is right now. That's the South by Southwest. Um, In April, it's going to be in Las Vegas, Nevada uh, from the 24th to the 8th. That's a shame because I'm going to be in Las Vegas at the start of April. I miss it. Um, in, uh, Chicago, it'll be there between May 16th through the 26th. And in New York, it's going to be there from June 2nd to the 8th. If you're in Sao Paulo, Brazil, it will be there on March 15th, just a single day. And then if you're in Singapore, uh, it will be there March 16th. And sometime in early August, it will be in, uh, Tokyo, Japan. So there you go for that. But if you are in those areas and you uh, do get a chance to go see them, check them out. They are massive, massive statues. Very cool. Uh, Next up, uh, CinemaCon 2023 is going to be hosting a special event for Transformers Rise of the Beast. And uh, this is like a, uh, it's just a a party, uh, like an event. Um, It's a, uh, it's an hour and a half party. It's uh, celebrating Transformers Rise of the Beast. Um, Their uh, description of it is, Come join the fun at a special outdoor party complete with great food, drinks, entertainment, and a surprise or two. It's going to be a bot time in the old town tonight. (laughs) Boo. (laughs) Dad joke. This is, taking, <laughs> this is this is going to be taking place on Wednesday, April twenty sixth, and uh, I guess this is online. What this is? Yeah, so it's online. So it's on hosted by Movie Phone. Um, yeah, and I guess if you're not if you're not a VIP, you can watch people having fun at at the event. Yeah, so. It says Caesar's Palace main entrance limo lot. So this, if this is taking place in Las Vegas, Caesar's Palace, then um, that will be the same weekend that, uh, or the same time that the uh, giant statues are in Las Vegas. So, uh, yeah, CinemaCon that makes sense. Yep, it's it's labeled. It makes uh, it lines up with the uh, the date on the previous story for Cine- CinemaCon. So yeah, I yeah. think the, the it said CinemaCon was at at the. Um... Yeah, CinemaCon. That's the yep where the event is. So yeah, yeah. So there you go. So if you're going to be in Las Vegas on specifically Wednesday, April 26th, then perhaps check out Caesar's Palace. And the last story we have is South by Southwest 2023 is going to be hosting a special panel for Transformers: Rise of the Beast. Uh, this is sponsored by Porsche, and will uh, feature producer Lorenzo de Bonaventura. Uh, director Stephen Capel Jr. and anth- actors Anthony Ramos and Dominique Fishback. Um, and uh, the official announcement is featuring uh, Porsche uh, and Transformers Rise of the Beast. So this has something to do, a little bit to do with the, uh, the, the commercial that was during the Super Bowl. Porsche is a big sponsor of Transformers Rise of the Beast. So this will be on March 10th. Oh, it's already we happened. Missed it. <laughs> we missed it, Charles. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's at Porsche House or was at Porsche House. What are they talking yeah, about, we, Charles? 
I mean, I, I didn't. There's video and stuff. I mean, we haven't uh, we haven't uh, watched it yet. But uh, like, yeah. here's they've got the stand. They've got the giant uh, statues there. They've got uh, they, and there's there's also so we've got links to several videos with uh, with the actors here. Like, yeah, here's all the videos. So. Oh, yeah. Very cool. There's big stuff. So we'll have all the links in the show notes, but uh, it looks like it was a it was a big event this uh, past weekend at South by Southwest. So um, it's a big marketing push for Rise of the Beasts. So. So, uh, Tom, are you excited I, I, for Rise of the Beasts? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, especially my my oldest son, who's uh, 14, is a big Beast Wars fan. So uh, he's really excited for this, this movie to come out. Uh, and that's making me excited, even though I'm not the biggest Beast Wars fan. Uh, but I loved Bumblebee. I have a feeling that uh, this is going to be a great production. So, yeah, I'm excited. Cool. You know, they filmed a little bit about of uh, of this film in Montreal. Um, they did, I yes. Did, I didn't get a chance to go check out the production, but my, uh, coincidentally, my mother happened to be in in Montreal while the filming was happening, and she saw some of the some of what was going down. And uh, is uh, his handle Proto Man? You guys know Proto? You know yeah. Daniel? Yeah, yeah, he we was, know. And he was uh, sharing a lot of. Uh, uh, footage of of what he saw anyway Mm -hmm. yeah cool looks like fun all right so that's all our media news and let's uh, finish up the show with some convention news Okay, one uh, bit of convention news. This comes from a friend of the show, Andrew Lee Griffith, who's going to be at C2E2 uh, coming uh, the end of March. So March 31st to April 2nd in Chicago. That's that's the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, C2E2. So uh, if you check out Artist Alley, uh, go say hi to Andrew Lee Griffith. Maybe get a commission done. Maybe just uh, buy some artwork. Uh, check it out. I don't think maybe Jeremy might go. I don't think I don't think we're going to make it, but Jeremy might go. He's all, he's very close to Chicago, so he might make it. Tom, do you have any uh, any convention appearances coming up soon? I, the only convention that uh, is coming up, but it's only in the summer, is the Montreal Comic Con. It's uh, it's a pretty big show. Uh, but it's usually the second week of July, so it's still a little bit of a ways away. Um, but I, I definitely intend to go to TFCon in Orlando. Um, unfortunately, Montreal Comic Con is usually the same weekend as TFCon in Toronto, so uh, mm. that's why I often don't do that show. Um, I do, I do better at at the Montreal Comic Con than at TFCon Toronto. <clears throat> so. Uh, yeah, that's all I have lined up right now is those two shows. Okay. Do you have to be bilingual to go to the Montreal Comic Con? Oh, not at all. I, I, you know, I can't. I can't speak French, even though I live in really in Quebec. I can't speak French, <laughs> uh, but it's not a problem. They they have um, artists, uh, a lot of artists from uh, uh, New York City that are that appear at that show. Oh, sure, yeah, and. and and from Ontario, so there's uh, a lot of English speakers. Um, Dan Kana uh, is often at the Montreal the Montreal show. Cool, cool. I've never been to the Montreal Comic Con. It's a big show. It's a really big show. Likely because I go to TFCon. <laughs> 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 but uh, have you been to Fan Expo in Toronto? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It- it's Just not before as the big. pandemic. I've I've gone before the pandemic. I went for like seven years in a row. It was that was the yeah that was the big big show. It, it's not as big as that show, but it's a pretty big show. All right. Well, I think that takes us to the end of this episode of Transmissions Alt Mode. Uh, again, uh, Thomas Deer, thank you so much for joining us uh, on Alt Mode and on the Toy Show uh, for this week. 
anything that you want to plug or you know tell everyone where they can find you online or anything you got coming up and and, and you know anything you just want to want to um, highlight uh not really uh I will mention that I, I did a little bit of work uh, for Marvel Studios, uh, not in terms of artwork so much, but I was I had worked at a cons- as a consultant uh, on an upcoming series called Echo uh, for Marvel Studios. Yeah. Uh, oh, a little 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 plug, <laughs> a, a humble brag here. <laughs> uh, but uh, I I it wasn't that much work. Um, I had an opportunity to do a little bit of a character design on uh, on a couple of characters in in that episode, but um, it was a very s- small contribution. And uh, the show What If I also contributed in an even smaller way onto onto that series. Um, and yeah, both of them are coming up in the next next little while. So season so, two of What If. Yeah, uh, there's one one episode in particular that I I contributed to. Oh, very nice. Yeah, and uh, but, but other than that, right now, uh, uh, without uh, uh, IDW, um, it's uh, been a little bit quieter in my evenings. <laughs> so um, <laughs> just, I'm drawing what I want to draw, and yeah. And if anybody wants to. Uh, Find me on social media. I'm on Twitter. My handle's uh, under my name in, in the window here. And I also am on Instagram uh, with the same handle. And I am not on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, we'll also have you have a link in the show notes. Uh, and we will uh, we'll tag you on this episode so everyone should be able to, to find you. But, uh, yeah, thanks again uh, for coming on. And... Uh, as we wrap up the show, also want to give a shout out to our Masterpiece Donatrons. Those are the folks who continue to support the podcast at our highest level. So we give them a mention in every episode. So thank you again to john 4 good and Demon Tech 82 who I think are both watching live. So if you are, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> and we do, that's why we give you a shout out because you, you guys are our, our go-to guys, our, our, our guys who, who hang in all the time. So we really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. and uh, yeah so that's it for this episode thanks again for watching and listening and we will see you next time bye bye take care Later. thank you for listening to this episode of transmissions if you'd like to join the conversation travel to our discord channel at transmissionspodcast.com slash discord Want some cool transmission swag? Feast your eyes on our transmissions gear at transmissionspodcast.com slash shop. If you'd like to support our podcast, go to transmissionspodcast.com slash support or tell your friends about our show. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>